Happy Friday, and welcome in to the That Being Said podcast with the Georgeur Brothers, brought to you by the Sports on Tap. It is a NFL Week 7 preview and talking to NFC Least. Um, and then we're going to pause this and get into our Seattle podcast today, George. But in the meantime, we'll be talking the whole NFL. So welcome in, and happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, and if you're listening to this podcast, welcome in. If you're not on the live portion, we're live and direct. Uh, on our, all our social media. Uh, one thing I do want to say is if you're listening here to the intro, I usually say this at the end, but from now on, I'll say it at the beginning as well. Share with a few friends will help us grow and we'd really appreciate it. And Sammy, how's your Friday, well, morning, afternoon going? Going well, man. Just ready to talk some football. Um, we got our NFL podcast here and then our Seattle podcast coming up. We got to talk football on time again this weekend. So, uh, just overall exciting day, man. How about yourself? Doing really well. Um, I got a new soccer jersey from a good friend of mine in Tulum. So if he's, I know he listens sometimes to our podcast manual. I'm wearing your Borussia Dortmund jersey today. And uh, I just got to say, if it's perfect, I really like it. And I got my Seattle Kraken represent, which I'll show on our Seattle pod. But I got my, my first Kraken shirt, George. Big hockey guy over here. I can't wait to actually buy one. As soon as I get back to Seattle around Christmas time, I'm definitely going to buy a cracking uh, shirt. So, uh, yeah, that'll be really exciting. Unless uh, someone, you know, really close to me wants to buy one for me now and send it over to me as a birthday present uh, so I have something to wear while I'm traveling. I've never heard of somebody ask somebody else for a birthday present to send to them. <laughs> well, That's I a just, first. Yeah, actually, I don't really care that much. I just thought it would be a, to see what – I just want to see what your reaction would be. My reaction is that George's birthday is coming up, and he just made sure everybody finds out. Uh, yeah, fishing I, for, George is fishing for some happy birthdays on Halloween. George, well, let's get into some. Let's get into some football. Let's get into some football. We're uh, we're on a time budget today. Let's get into some football. Um, we're showing off our hockey and, and, and soccer jerseys here, and uh, we want to talk about George's favorite quarterback in the NFL with Carson Wentz. Well, what is George's all, first question? Who will win the god-awful NFC East? And I think after last night, I think a lot of people are probably going to have the same feeling on it. I mean, it's not going to – whoever wins the NFC East is not going to go anywhere in the playoffs. But uh, who's going to win that division? And I like to call it the NFC Least, as uh, as you know. It's one of the titles I wanted for this podcast. Um, I mean, I think we all know the answer is either the Cowboys or Eagles. I mean, I think that's pretty clear. Um, you know, I uh, – I'm not sure. I think if all teams were healthy, the Eagles would be the easy answer. Mm -hmm. The Eagles seem to lose another player every single week, maybe another handful of players every week. Um, and I'm a certified Carson Wentz hater. I know one thing that is true is that if this injury bug continues, and I wish it upon nobody, but there's a the worse this team gets, the less protection Carson Wentz gets, the the most in the NFL has a chance of getting injured too. So I'm fully concerned about the Eagles and their injury. Now, if they were in their injuries, if, like I said, if Carson was healthy and the team's healthy as a full, they're by, by far the favorites to win. Mm -hmm. um, but they lose different players every game. They lose offensive linemen, tight ends, wide receivers, people on the defense. And so I worry about Carson's health when that comes to it as well and the team he has around him. So Lynn Cowboys, but Andy Dalton has to be better than he was last week. And I thought we were going to get a little bit of a better Andy Dalton. So we'll see what we get out of Andy Dalton. If, if he's as bad as he was last week, it's got to be the Eagles, I guess, because the Eagles at least have Jalen Hurts as their backup could, who could, if something happened to Carson or if Carson was bad, I don't know. They have something. Andy Dalton's looked bad, but I'm going to lean Cowboys. I think Andy Dalton's going to be fine, but if the Eagles were healthy, I don't even think this would be a discussion. Yeah, and I think, okay, so first of all, I think what you said about Carson Wentz is correct. Like, could he get hurt with no offensive line? Absolutely. But Carson Wentz yesterday played without four. When Lane Johnson left the game, he played without four out of his five starting offensive linemen. He was on his backup running back, his third-string wide receiver, he was missing Alshon Jeffrey. Deshaun Jackson left with an injury. So he was literally playing 
without four, five, six, seven, eight out of the 11 starters that should be starting for the Eagles were out um, yesterday in that game, and they still won the football game against a Giants team who also sucks. Um, I'm with you. I, I, I'm worried that the Eagles are getting the injury bug is going to continue. Deshaun Jackson, who has also left the game, so that was now nine out of 11 starters at the end of a game were out, and somehow they uh, survived. Uh, they, yeah, it, it's tough, man. But I think they win. But I do want to say one thing. I think the Eagles do win the division because Carson Wentz is the best quarterback in the division right now. But the one thing you said about Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is not as bad as he looked on Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football. Um, he was put in a situation where he had to come in with one week's preparation. He's not supposed to be the starter. And me and you, I think we both later on in our bets, we'll get into that. We both like the Cowboys this week because if you look that bad on Monday Night, I usually recover pretty well. Andy Dalton's a veteran. Andy Dalton will not look this bad the rest of the way. Uh, especially yeah. now that he has weeks to prepare and weeks to play with the uh, first string and practice with the first string. Yeah, but I do want to mention something else about the Eagles before we get on to Andy Dalton because that's kind of my first question is about Andy Dalton and Dak Prescott. Um, oh, I, I do want to say, you mentioned that like the Eagles, and I know a lot of people said this as if it's a positive thing, which it is because they won the game. But everyone says like, oh, look, we had – Carson Wentz had all this missing yesterday and they still pulled out the win, right? Hypothetically, that's true. And did he show up big when it mattered? Yes, which he's done multiple times now. Um, but it's not necessarily the greatest sign ever against a Giants team who's not very good. The The Eagles schedule is not going to be filled with just teams like the Giants. And that's well, the biggest well, concern. They play in that division, so they're going to play that division multiple. Like they still play the Cowboys. Correct. They have still two, four, I think four or five games left against that division. I understand, but still, it's 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 not like it's a cakewalk for them either. I mean, it no, took an not. Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram dropped a wide open yeah. first down that would have ended the game, right? And it took a Carson Wentz miracle. And this is not a, like a hate on Carson Wentz no, point. No, this no, is no. just this is a hate on the Eagles. This is a hate yeah. on their how bad they are post injury is that it took a lot in a Carson Wentz miracle at the end, right? Like come back, like a Russell Wilson has to come back. Giants. Huh? To beat the shitty giants. Exactly. And so that, that's not going to work. That doesn't mean it's going to happen every time against the shitty giants or the shitty Cowboys or the shitty Washington Redskins. Boom. There's the fifth one. Yeah. Uh, there, no, that was it. We hit the over finally. Uh, I just said that. I said, there it is. I know, I know. It was six actually. It was five and a half. That was six. Um, one thing I do want to say, though, and I'm glad I'm going to go cash that bet and spend some big money today, is what, um, like, if I told you, and this is true, the Eagles are supposedly, now let, who knows if this is going to happen, they're supposed to get th their th three starting offensive linemen back, and Lane Johnson is week to week, so by in two weeks after their bye week. So they have a game, bye week, and then they're supposed to get all their offensive linemen back. They're supposed to get Miles Sanders back. Godert, Ertz, and Alshon Jeffrey all are supposed to be healthy and back. And the team should be fully healthy after the bye week is all indications. Would that change your mind on them being the I mean, which you already you said that you think they're the favorite, but would that like make you feel more comfortable saying they're gonna win the NFC East if they were healthy? I mean, yes, no, it depends on it depends on Andy Dalton. I mean, this Cowboys just as much as it's it's weird what's happened to this Eagles team so far this year. The same thing goes with the Cowboys. They're I both agree. talented teams. So it's like, I, I, I don't know. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if the Eagles players are going to come back healthy. I don't know if Carson Wentz is going to have the weird first two games that he had where he played like shit, or if he's going to have these miracle comebacks every single week. Like the, both these teams, I think are wildly unpredictable. And, and one thing I'm, before we move off of this question, I want to say is I, I actually think by the end of the year, weeks 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, if both teams are healthy, I think both teams are actually okay teams or closer to good teams. And the NFC East with the Cowboys and Eagles will both be good teams. I think they can be, but this yeah, is once I again, mean, or they can be shitty because well, even if they're healthy, that's any team in the NFL. If they're having, I'm just saying if both teams were healthy towards the end of the no, year, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying even with health, that's a maybe. I mean, like the Cowboys have a lot of weapons. They still looked like absolute crap this week. 
<laughs> and the their defense is absolutely awful, and their defense is pretty decently healthy. The Eagles, I mean, they they could be great, or Carson Wentz could play bad, and they're not, even if they're healthy. I mean, it, 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 they're once again, like I said, health or not, I think they're both wildly unpredictable teams, which is why it's everyone's making fun of the NFC East right now because yeah, – and that's why people are, I think, disappointed with somebody like Carson Wentz or with how the Cowboys are right now because they should be better than they are. Even with the injuries, I think Carson Wentz is expected to be somewhat – Better. And some – Somewhat better, right? Yeah, like, and that's, that's and great. I, I, he's be, he should be better. He shouldn't hold on to the ball. He shouldn't take those sacks. He shouldn't throw those interceptions. Yeah. And I love Carson Wentz. Yeah, and that's why I think they're wildly unpredictable. Yeah. Now, if we have Carson Wentz of two years ago where he didn't make these wild mistakes, we're talking about an MVP caliber player. So yeah. it, it, they're wildly unpredictable teams, and I think it's uh, this division is going to be very interesting because as much as there was a big win for the Eagles, I mean – one loss for them and a win for the Giants. Like, oh, all of a sudden the Giants are first place again. <laughs> it's crazy. It's so stupid. <laughs> My quick question then is, were the Cowboys taking Dak Prescott for granted, though? No. I think they knew what they had. Um, I think they brought in a capable backup in Andy Dalton just in case. But I don't think they took him for granted. Uh, they offered him 30 plus million a year. He just wanted 40 plus million a year, which is like – too much. No, too much. I mean, he, he was asking you paid like a top three quarterback and they wanted to pay him like a top seven quarterback. So I don't think, I don't think they took him for granted. I think his agents or himself or whoever was trying to uh, negotiate his contract before he got hurt were overestimating the value of Dak Prescott. I mean, th- that is a fact that they the money side of it was a little overevaluated, but I guess my thing is at the end of the day there, I think he was a little more valuable than we realized a little more because I mean, the guy was putting up, I think he's still leading the league in passing yards, even though he missed last week. Really? That's pretty interesting. I think I can, um, passing leaders, NFL, I'm almost a hundred percent sure that he's might be in first place because, and that's where I'm just like, man, he, yeah, he's still, he's a uh, 13 yards ahead of Matt Ryan still at 1856 yards. And that's with missing this game. That's missing a game and a half. Right. Yep. So he's still first in the NFL in passing yards. They were overusing him, which is why they were not being very successful. I believe but at the end of the day, I think they took him for granted a little bit. But I agree with you at the end of the day, you can't pay him what he was asking for. It would just wouldn't have made sense. And even if you did, like, okay, let's say you did. He's, I mean, I don't think that would have prevented his unfortunate injury, right? You still have Andy Dalton. I guess, but that's not that was that had nothing to do with the no, point. No, I know that's not your, like, <laughs> your question, but it's not like you didn't pay him and they let him walk. Yeah, I'm not talking about do they take not paying him for granted. I'm just saying were they taking him for granted in general, like no, no, I know your question. I'm just saying, like, in general, like, I guess, I just wanted to mention, like, because sometimes when we when we say it like this, it's like, oh, some people might take it as, like, well, you know, he's still on the team. Yeah, I know he's still on the team, but, like, he still would have got hurt, and it sucks. But I just don't know what happens to him now. I mean, I don't know how, what kind of – do they franchise tag him again? I have no idea. And this is yeah. where it's going to get interesting, and I think this is my – Second question. This is my second question that we'll get into, um, which I'm going to be doing a weekly column. You know how you got your little weekly column of quarterback rankings? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a new weekly column, George. That is, that? which is what teams are now week by week. It's going to change every week. Like which team is needs to draft a quarterback. I because really like that. And, like, my example is going to be – I'm just going to say this now before we move on from that game last night. Like, an example is, like, the Giants, right? Do they need a quarterback? I go back and forth every week. And that Daniel Jones run was, like, a perfect depiction of – Can I ask you a question I, before we move on? Is it Are you going to go team by team and say yes, no, yes, no, or are you just going to choose, a, like, a team on your call? Because this is a really good idea. I like. No, I'm going to go team by team for the most yeah. part. Like every week I'm going to skip over like the Seahawks quickly. Like Seahawks, Russell Wilson, no. Okay. But like 
That's I'm so going to go in depth about, I'm going to make it into a YouTube video and an article. And like, for mm-hmm. example, I'm going to say this week, Daniel Jones was run last night. It was a perfect depiction of how I feel about the Giants needing a quarterback. A lot of days, like he's running, running, and I'm like, Daniel Jones is kind of all right. Maybe they don't need a quarterback. And then he stumbles upon something the way he did last night where you're like, huh, if the Giants do get the first pick, they're definitely going to get rid of Daniel Jones. Yeah. So like every week I'm going to kind of change my column on like the Cowboys, for example, like the worst that they get if they keep losing they might fall into the yes category where if they're high enough in the draft, they might draft a quarterback. But if they win some games, they're not going to draft a quarterback. So They'd rather- like, one thing I would put is like, uh, this is just a suggestion as we're on the podcast. Like I'd even say what round, right? If the, Cow- with the Cowboys right now, would they draft a quarterback in the third round? Yeah. Yeah, but every team would. Yeah, true. But I'm just saying, well, no, second round. I think first and second round means like you're thinking of the future. I- I'll give you an example. I'll I'll put a Jalen Hurts category, like for every team. Like cool. the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts not to replace Carson Wentz, but but because they know the tendencies that he gets hurt or like, yeah, like an insurance quarterback. Like the Cowboys, if Andy Dalton sucks again for the next couple of weeks, they're definitely drafting an insurance quarterback. Cool, I love it. I love so, this idea. I think it's a great idea. It's going to be my question right now, actually, George, okay. because. Uh, yours is a college football question, and so I want to. Lay, I'm just going to leave NFL together, and then we'll do your you question. Last. Really, it's like a two minute topic, anyway. So yeah, that's good. why we'll end on it, so we can do this right now. So, kind of a preview of what my weekly video, my video tonight's going to mm-hmm. be, or I think it's going to be tomorrow because, uh, yeah, it's, I'm going to do it on Saturdays, I think. Um, in my whatever, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. part of my column and video is going to be this: what NFL teams actually need to draft a quarterback next year. And now I think the reason I love this concept is last night we watched kind of good examples. We have as an insurance quarterback, and that was why he was drafted behind Carson Wentz. But you also had a team like the Giants who have a young quarterback that they kind of do believe in. Like, I'm not one of those people that think they don't believe in Daniel Jones. They kind of believe in Daniel Jones. I think it's like we believe in Daniel Jones, but we're the worst team in the league and Trevor Lawrence is there. Exactly. But there's teams like, for example, the Washington football team, they would 100% tank for Trevor. They don't like Dwayne Haskins. They don't like Kyle Allen. You know what I mean? Justin Fields, or they take uh, Zach Wilson from BYU. They take take a quarterback in the first round. Yeah. So the point of this whole concept is this is the most stacked NFL we've ever seen. Okay. Like Mm -hmm. in terms of quarterbacks. Um, you have teams that are even on the losing side of things like the Detroit lions. They have a very viable quarterback, but they might let them go to a more veteran team and still draft a quarterback or like Mm -hmm. the Atlanta Falcons. They might trade Matt Ryan and want to tank for Herbert. Right. But Matt Ryan's still viable, which would mean. What? You said tank for Herbert. Herbert. Sorry. (laughs) I mean, that was a good idea too. Herbert's looking all right. That's another team that already has a quarterback. But every team has their young guy for the most part. And then there's the weird situation where you have your old guy that you wouldn't – like Ben Roethlisberger would never get benched, but they might draft an insurance they quarterback. Draft, they would draft a guy late in the first round for yep. maybe years from now. But then like the teams like the Falcons, like I said, yeah. Matt Ryan is a starting quarterback in the NFL no matter what still. But they might trade him to get a young guy, but then that means Matt Ryan's taking another vacancy somewhere else. So who actually – like if you're looking at like – You know who needs your top three teams? James Winston. That's – no, it's not happening. <laughs> I miss Jameis. He'll be back playing. He'll be a starter next year. I don't want to talk about Jameis. Which teams need a quarterback next year in the draft? Like if you're looking at your top three teams right now, who's tanking? For Lawrence, definitely the Washington football team, like a hundred percent. They might be number one. Yeah, they're they're the ones looking most for a quarterback right now. I Can would we add something to that before we move on yeah. from them. They also have a coach that knows it's his first year. He's not getting fired, so we can take. Yep. Um, the Minnesota Vikings are looking for a quarterback. Uh, the Chicago Bears are looking for a quarterback. They know Nick Foles is good, but they're looking for someone to replace the future. I don't think Nick Foles is going to be there for the next five years. True. 
Um, he has wow. three years on his contract, I think. Okay, but they can bring get a guy late. They're going to be a late first round pick team, so they might bring in someone like in the late first round to be groomed. Okay, underneath. that's fair. But let's focus on the the question I just asked you a second ago. Who's going to be like the Herb? Who's going to be the Lawrence Tankers? Well, because I mean, I can go Jets, through the whole NFL. The Jets, I think, are happy like if they can bring a new coach to use like um, Sam Darnold if they have the sixth pick. If you have the first pick, you're taking Trevor Lawrence, like. It's pretty simple. Yeah, that's not what I'm okay. Here's the question. Last the last one I'm gonna ask is which team is gonna do their absolute best job to tank for Lawrence? Because they right. need a quarterback more than any other team in the NFL. Because for me, I have, I have Washington, Jacksonville. Oh yeah, Jacksonville. And I honestly think it's the New York Jets. I think mm-hmm. even if Sam Darnold is pretty decent, I think they're doing whatever it takes to trade him at the end of the season because they want to move on because I think they need a full shift. And there's one more team that really needs a full shift. They might not admit it right now, but it's Indianapolis Colts. But they can't get – they're too good of a team right now to get – see, that's going to be another one that goes on my column this week. It's like what is their situation going to be? Are they going to trade maybe second and third rounders to move up in the first round this year to try to snag a good quarterback? Because they're a type of team that would be willing to take that risk because they have every other position extremely filled out. I know. But maybe they have every position filled out and they have the 22nd pick of a draft and they do everything in their power to move up to one. We've seen teams do that before. Be like, all right, we're giving up the whole entire world for Trevor Lawrence. That's fair, but then they're not a contender anymore. True. God, it's so, it's, it's, so that's the why problem. By the way, this is why your column is a good idea and really fun because there's so many different factors you can get into. And that's why I'm, I'm going to skip over. Like, I don't want to – I want it to be actually – I want like oh, – what's the word? I want like – We should even make it into like rankings. Like, which that's, team, that's like, basically what I'm doing every week. So yeah. I'm going to make it into a video and talk it out and then put it in this like list where yeah. it's going to be like – my number one team is Jacksonville, and here's why. And the number two. And then when I get past, like, 20, it's going to be, like, Seattle Seahawks will be 30th, right? It'll be, like, Seattle Seahawks 30th. have Russell Wilson, don't need, could draft a backup in the fifth round in, like, cool. one sentence, right? But, like, with uh, the Colts, there's going to be two paragraphs about these scenarios and these, yeah. like, could I, they I just, trade the I, farm? Just love that huh? idea. Love that idea. I'll, I'll, I'll bring you in on some of the uh, – some of the thoughts. Perfect. I bring George's and some some of his expert opinion. I know you broke up when you were saying expert opinion. I don't oh. think anyone here being an expert opinion other than myself. Uh, I'll bring in your expert opinion, though. I like it. Yeah. Well, George. I, um, I just make my last question really quick. We don't even have to spend two minutes on it. Uh, I just wanted to mention the Big Ten is coming back this week. I think the following two weeks later, the uh, Pac-12 begins. Sam, are you ready for some college football, Big Ten? Are you excited? Are you starting to feel like college football is almost like back to normal reality? I mean, we're seeing the SEC almost feels like it's a normal game, right? You see fans in the stadium, and it's like kind of jam-packed. And I don't know. What do you are you excited for Big Ten football, or does it feel like it's not real still? Uh, Big Ten football, I'm excited for just in the sense that we actually have a couple ranked matchups. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I think they really fucked up, like, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten like, starting late. Like, I'm already in the midst of things. I have my opinions on teams. I, as, I, I don't know what the right way to say it is, but, like, I don't feel like it's fair if Ohio State wins five games to, like, make it over a one-loss, like, SEC team. Like, yeah. Well, I think they're playing eight, right? You know what I mean, though. But the point is, like, okay, Georgia lost Alabama. They committed to a longer season. They committed to more games. Ohio State beats, like, three teams, the three tough games on their schedule, and they'll get into the playoffs. Yeah, but no, but I think they're actually playing the same amount of games. You know what the problem is, though? The SEC ends on a normal time, and the Big Ten finishes two weeks later. And I think the Pac-12 finishes a week after that. Like, there's no, like, continuity. Then what's going to happen? If the, I, I don't know. I'm with you. This is where my problem is. The Big Ten and the Pac-12 fucked up. Yeah, they, they messed up the whole, like, schedule of everything. And, um, I am and, excited, though. Me too. I want to add one more thing. And then they're like, oh, because of COVID. Well, okay. Like, wouldn't it have been better to play in September before winter comes and, like, 
fall where the flu is a little more prevalent anyway? Well, forget the flu. I mean, I, mean, just I, would, say, I would say, well, I would say it's more about the fact that experts would say that it dies off in heat more rather yeah. than worrying about know, the flu. Like it's like a flu, you know what I mean? Like virus yeah. in general die off more in heat. So I think you like, literally meant that like the fact some kids are going to have the flu and they're going to be confused if it's coronavirus. Oh, no, no, I no. thought that's what you meant. Like, <laughs> like, come on, like you're doing it at the time where it seems like COVID cases are even rising. So it's like, okay. So you, Should have started earlier. Why didn't you just start earlier when COVID cases were going down? I don't know. I just don't like it, but I am excited as well. I'll just say, I'm really excited to watch Jim Harbaugh lose in his season opener to Minnesota because I think it's going to be hilarious. Uh, it's like. Okay, of course it's going to be hilarious because I bet on Michigan minus three. I, I still can't quit it. You know, the, I just like I. There's something about it that tells me they're gonna lose to Michigan. There's something about in my mind that's like they're they're gonna lose to Minnesota. Like I just know it's gonna happen because like it would only happen to Jim Harbaugh. Well, Michigan, uh, Minnesota almost made the playoffs last year. Remember? I understand, but like it's just gonna. I just Jim Harbaugh has been good, but just at the same time, one of the biggest disappointments in college. Yeah, I completely agree. He's been good, but a disappointment. Yep, you can't. They haven't beat Ohio State yet. Yeah, which is awful. This is probably the best Ohio State team since. <laughs> and not going to. Yeah. All right, George. It's betting time. I thought it's one we're... big question time. I forgot my one big question. You're right. Let's do this. Who is the best team in the NFL? All right, Sam. I'm gonna let you answer that first. Uh I think it's there's two teams. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna do this because I think this is what's fair to do is pick teams that haven't lost games yet. Mm-hmm. And the two teams that I think are the best teams, the best NFC team is the Seattle Seahawks. They're yet to lose. They have the best quarterback in the NFC. And I think they have the um I guess I think they have the best coach and quarterback in the NFC. So I, I'm gonna go with the Seahawks there. And then on the AFC side, I'm going with the Tennessee Titans. Um, yeah, they're not the like glitz and glory team. They don't have a f- fun quarterback, but they have a bulldog and a running back that's like literally you can't tackle. And they have a quarterback who's only gotten better and never messes up in any situation and a good coach and a great defense and a good offensive line. And they do everything right. And despite having coronavirus cases and not being able to practice and only doing things off Zoom meetings, they come out and they win comebacks and they win big games. And they have done nothing to show that there's any regression in that team from last year that barely came up short to the game. Yeah, we've seen progression. They've been better. Yeah. The reason I said the word regression, I'm saying there's been no regression from a team that already made it all the way to the AFC Championship. So. The only way up from there is to make it to the Super Bowl. So I think they're a genuine Super Bowl contender, um, and I think they're the best team in the AFC as of right now. Now, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Kansas City Chiefs get hot or the Baltimore Ravens get hot or even a team like Tampa Bay and the, the NFC. But the, I think the I think the fair answer right now is the Seahawks are the hottest team in the NFC and the Titans are the hottest team in the AFC. Yeah, you know, one thing, Bo, you said about the Titans, which is just so disappointing, is that their starting left tackle, who's the best, probably maybe the best left tackle in the game, and Taylor Luai, I can never say his last name, Luai, is now out for the rest of the season of a torn ACL. And that really, really makes me, like, I actually thought they were the best team in the AFC as well. But without their left tackle, who is the best left tackle in, in all football, it makes me really difficult for me to say that. That's why I'm going to be picking against them this week. Uh, maybe they can, you know, a few weeks get, you know, get some coaching to the new left tackle. It just sucks, but I'm with you there. See, part of me wants to say Tampa is the best team in the NFL uh, just because their defense is so good. And I think Brady is starting to get um, accustomed to the offense, accustomed to the wide receivers and stuff. But you have to give credit where credit is due to a team like the Seattle Seahawks who haven't lost a game despite a bad defense and they do have the best quarterback in the NFL. So I actually think, I actually think Tampa is the best team in the NFL, but if there was one game situation right now, uh, Russell Wilson's a better quarterback than Brady. I'm taking the Seahawks to beat them. So does that make the Seahawks the best team in the NFL? Very possible. 
I think they are, George. I think they are right now. Um, I'm not saying it's going to stay that way because if their defense does not progress, they're not going to be the best team in the NFL. Yeah. But I think their defense is only going to get better. I think they're they're pulling up Snacks Harrison probably from the practice squad. Jamal Adams is going to come back soon. Um, and this team just – you see them always make the right place at the right time. That's exactly. the big thing with Seahawks defense. All right. Let's get into some bets, George. And if you want to get into some bets, you can always go to betus.com. B-E-T-U-S.com and use the promo code the sports on tap, all one word, the sports on tap for a hundred twenty-five percent bonus. AKA if you put in a hundred dollars, they're gonna give you a hundred twenty-five dollars to bet, George. Wow. How about if you put in like two hundred and six dollars? You take that number, times it by one point two five. And they're putting that money into your account to bet Whoa. all these bets that we're going to be talking about. It's a big one. Uh, so go to betus.com, B-E-T-U-S.com, and use promo code the Sports on Tap for that bonus. And we are going to get into – let's get into our bets of the day first, mm-hmm. and then we'll get into our bets for the weekend. Our bets of the day, George is currently 4-2 and two on the month, and I am 2-4. and four. I have a rough start to the month. Um, George, what is your first bet of the day? Well, today's bet of the day, I'm pulling up the exact line, but it's Wisconsin over Illinois. 19 and a half. 19 and a half points over uh, Illinois in the first Big Ten game. Illinois and Lovey Smith have been a dumpster fire, um, and Wisconsin always comes out really, really good, and they seem to cover good spreads because they run the ball so well and they cannot be stopped. Uh, I, I think, I think, believe it or not, I actually think Illinois keeps it close for one half. And then Wisconsin pulls away big in the second half and covers the spread 42 to 21. I'm worried about you, bro. Now right. that you called them a dumpster fire, I have a feeling that means they're not going to be a dumpster fire this I'm, week. I said that. I said too after I said it. I'm taking a, a game on Sunday. I'm just going to use my bet of the day on my favorite bet of the week, which is a Cowboys pick them at Washington. Um, it's pretty simple. I mean – they got embarrassed last week on TV, and they're the better football team. So I just think they should be favored in this game, even on the road. So I'm going to just easily roll up the Cowboys, and I think we'll see a better Andy Dalton. Fair enough. It's not, it's not bad. Back. I'm taking that too in our uh, five bets. So you want to get into your bets for the weekend? Yeah, um, I guess I'll go first with my bets. Of how do you want to do it this week? Do you want me to go one by one, or should I just go through my, my five? Give your college bets, bets first, and then let's talk about our NFL bets. My college bets, I'm going to keep it pretty simple here. I'm not going to give you too much information. You can go, I'll put it out later on. I got Georgia Tech plus three and a half at Boston College. Um, Boston College uh, just played Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech's a very physical team. Pittsburgh plus 10 versus Notre Dame. Pittsburgh has the best rush defense in all of college football. Notre Dame has to rush the ball because their passing offense has been really bad. Nebraska plus 26 and a half at Ohio State because I'm a sucker for Nebraska. Michigan minus three at Minnesota. Um, I'll probably lose this one because I just keep supporting the Harbaugh train in Michigan. In South Carolina plus six at LSU. I bet on South Carolina every week. They're undefeated against the spread so far this year. And I'm just going to keep betting them until they lose the game against the spread. So I'll just keep riding them. And LSU is on their backup quarterback. Yeah, and LSU's just not been the same football team this year at all. Yep. And, uh, I think I am now nine and six against the spread in college football so far this year. Hey, not. Sorry, you're breaking up. I said that's not bad. No, not bad. It's better than my NFL bets. I'll say that. Yeah. Well, let's get into those NFL bets, George. Yeah. Um, um, I'm I'm currently eighteen to seven and spread. one. Go ahead. You have our records against the spread. I have my record against the spread. <laughs> All right, pulling up mine here real quick. Uh, I think yours has been a little bit better than mine, not by much, but just a little bit. I'm currently at eighteen, eleven, and one on the season. Um, so I think that's at a sixty-one percent rate, which is pretty damn good for. Um, for NFL betting. Uh, so I'm that was off. 19. Huh? I'm 11 and 19 against the spread. Okay. Not very good. No. <laughs> well, let's start with what we're taking this week, George. Um, 
I'm starting with a game that I know we're both taking Dallas pick them at Washington. Yeah. Um, why are you taking this one? I'll kind of go get into my reasons too, but you just think they're a better football team, right? I mean, I, I just said it like a minute ago. So yeah, they're just a better football team. That's the only, um, you know, the defense for the Washington football team has been pretty good. That was the only thing I really was kind of worried about for the Cowboys who have been, I mean, last week looked really bad on offense. But one thing that you got, I, I kind of feel like with this game is Zeke is not the type of guy to fumble the ball as much as he did last game. I think he fumbled three times, right? I think it was mm-hmm. three and usually he's not a guy who puts the ball on the ground. Um, I, I and I think the Cowboys are more motivated to come back and show really well uh, a good performance after a horrible, horrible Monday night performance. I'm with you on that. That's one of my bets as well. Yeah, uh, the, I think it's just going to be an easy win for them, to be honest with you. And 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 Washington has no idea what they're doing at quarterback position still. So yeah, they don't. Um, my second bet, George, is New England minus two against San Francisco. A um, couple reasons here. We're coming off the second week of Cam Newton back from coronavirus. Um, the Patriots lost an embarrassing game to Denver, a bad embarrassing game to Denver, and Bill Belichick's not the type of guy to lose back-to-back bad games. Um, I think they're going to have a great game plan. Cam Newton's going to play well uh, against a little bit of a beaten-up San Francisco defense. Um, I have the Patriots winning that game. Um, so I'm taking the minus two and I think that San Francisco came off a big primetime performance, um, which means I think we're going to see a little bit of a lack from them, um, uh, this weekend. So I'm taking, I'm betting on basically Bill Belichick here, minus two. Yeah, I actually agree with you completely on this bet. The only reason I didn't take it and, uh, I've been doing, uh, as I told you, like doing my own lines and stuff. I had the Patriots as six point favorites in this game, not two. But I think San Francisco also, there's a lot of uh, sharp money going on to San Francisco. And the sharps aren't always right, but I just didn't want to bet against them this week. I've been betting against the sharps like it's my day job recently. And I'm yeah. 18 and 11 on the year. Yeah, so so I, I'm going to uh, keep betting against these I so-called I sharps. I, yeah, <laughs> so I, uh, I did not bet this game, but I have the same agreement as you. What's All your right. next bet? My next bet is the Bengals plus, well, you said it's th- we got at three versus the Browns. Um, this line was a little fishy to me, and I kind of followed the Sharps betting on this. Look, I think the, everything in this game is pretty much even except the offensive line for the Bang- the Browns is a little bit better. I just think that the Bengals being – I don't think the Browns should would be should be nine point favorites at home against the Bengals. I would put the line at six. Nine would be too much. So this is basically saying that the Bengals would be nine point fa- underdogs against the Browns in uh, Cleveland. So in the game is in Cincinnati. Give me the Bengals plus three points. I think the Browns win this game, but they win an ugly game like seventeen to sixteen. Um, I'm taking the Browns minus three um, and I'm going off a theory that you go off of. So I know this is just an anti Browns pick by you um, is that they played awful. They played awful in a big spot last week. And it was basically on national television because there was one other game on. So it was the primetime game of the afternoon. Um, And you said something that's really, it's kind of off, which you said the only place better is the Browns on the offensive line. They're also better at running back by far. They're better at wide receiver by far. They're better on defensive line by far. And their defense is really what's held them together this year. They're better defensively in all aspects than the Bengals. That's why the Bengals were the worst team in the NFL last year. Mm -hmm. Um, So the only position that you can maybe even consider. Advanced metrics. I I went through all advanced metrics. The Bengals have a higher rated defense than the Browns at this point. Forget higher rated for a second, George. You you have to consider strength of schedule as well. The Browns, I believe. That's very fair to to, to bring up. The Browns have played, I I think it's one of my tweets. They're in like the top four of toughest matchups this season, and and they're still a four and two team. the, The Pittsburgh Steelers and Ravens the last two weeks. Yeah. So, uh, 
the Browns' defense is more talented defense. I mean, let, let's just be honest for a second that the Bengals were the worst team in the NFL last year. Mm-hmm. So if we're being uh, – sometimes you want to go uh, Mr. Metrics over here, George, who thinks yeah. Carson Wentz is amazing, right? Like you say, watch football. That's what you said to me last night. Just mm-hmm. watch. Watch football. The Browns are better at every aspect except for maybe they're equal at quarterback with the Bengals because mm-hmm. Joe Burrow's – Joe Burrow's better than Baker Mayfield maybe, but we'll see. I, I said mean, so basically equal, maybe that's a, yeah. that you're just like you're pick you're pulling hairs right now. The point yeah. is, everything leads to the fact that the Bengals are probably the better football team around. They're four and two. The only two losses are to the Steelers and Ravens, mm-hmm. um, and they're coming off an embarrassing loss. I, I mean, this could have out if if there wasn't the Browns, if there wasn't for the Cowboys pick, this would be my favorite pick of the week because I think cool. it's in division. They're going to win this game, but I think it's going to be like a one-point game. I just don't like the spread. I'm actually seeing a potential – seeing a potential like 14 to 21-point win here. Wow. That's, that's a big difference. It's yeah, an embarrassing I, loss. I the Browns to win the game and the Bengals to cover. We'll see. I think this is a, this is one of my like locks of the week basically. All right. Uh, what's your next one? Carolina plus seven and a half at New Orleans. All right. We we got a huge agreement here, Sammy. I, this is one of my bets as well. Um, can I give you some? Can I, I did I did my own line here. Let me just tell you some things. Home field, I gave the Saints two points. There's no weather difference. The defense for the Saints is a little bit better, and the offensive for the line for the Saints is a little bit better. Motivation factor, Sammy. You got Teddy Two Gloves going back to New Orleans. I think they are a little more motivated to win this game. I could not see the line being more than five points, maybe four points. Seven and a half is too much. So that's why I'm taking the Panthers, like you are. Yeah. Um, the only reason I'm taking the Panthers, to be honest with you here, is I think they're going to lose in a close one because last week, you got to remember too, last week they probably should have, they could have. Most likely should have won that game. I think uh, David, what's his name, DJ Moore, or whatever his name is, Moore dropped like five passes right. that like could have helped seal the game. And then you, of course, you have your Nick Foles come back thing against the Bears. The Bears have just been that team that weirdly sneaks out wins um, in yeah. in ugly ways. Uh, the Panthers have been playing great without Christian McCaffrey. With uh, Caffrey, was so they're obviously just a good football team. Um, I think they lose, but. I just don't like what I'm seeing out of the Saints more than anything, and I do like what I'm seeing out of the Panthers. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, If it was seven, I don't even know if I would – if it was under seven, I mean, I don't know if I would have taken it at six and a half even. But seven and a half, they lose by a touchdown, I win the the bet. Yeah, I'm with you on that completely. Um, All right, my next bet, we have two left each. I have one left, but go ahead. All right, okay, I have the Jets plus 12 and a half versus the Bills. Um, look, the Bills are going to win this game, but 12 and a half is so many points. This is just, I'm just playing the number 12 and a half. I'm just going to hope and pray. Even if they're, even if the Jets are up down 17 with a minute left, they might throw a garbage touchdown. I'm just playing the number. The Bills are going to win. This garbage game. interception, one of the two. <laughs> it's just, when it's 12 and a half, sometimes I feel like anything can happen and you might be able to like sneak a backdoor cover. I I mean I don't disagree. I just I think it's easier to get a backdoor cover than a backdoor like uh cover 12 and a half, right? Can I just tell you th- three of the Jets losses really quick? Yes. Again, they're not as good as the Bills. They lost to the Dolphins 24 to nothing. They lost to the Cardinals 30 to 10. They lost to the Colts 36 to 7. And they lost to the Broncos, who have not that great either, by nine. So I don't know if this Bills game is going to be close or not. I agree with the bet because you got to just bet the number. But this this Jets team is hard to support. Yeah. This is a game you bet plus 12 and a half, and you turn it off. You don't even look at it and just at the end of the game hope that it, you cover. Yeah, and see what happens. Yeah. Um, my last bet is Seattle minus three and a half at Arizona. I would prefer minus three. No, that's why I didn't make it either. <laughs> I have simple answers to this, though. The Seahawks are coming off a bye. They're the hottest team in football. We don't lose off of buys. Um, and the Cardinals are coming off a shorter week. They played Monday in Dallas, I believe it was. It was in Dallas. Yeah, they good. You know, I love betting against a team that looked good. I, at three points, I would have jumped on this bet, too. 
here's the thing with the Seahawks. You can't worry about half points with the Seahawks because there's going to be some weird fucking ending. They might win by four or five. Maybe or one. This is Seahawks. It might be a heart attack. I can't worry about too much about the half points or the three because, like, the Seahawks never the Seahawks never have a tie game and then hit a field goal to win. So it's like I'm uh, I'm not yeah, worried about you would be down by one and hit a field goal when you win by two. I, I three and a half to score. I agree with you. When's the last time they went off a field goal? It's you, they might be down by one and score a touchdown. So yeah. my thing is at the end no, of the day, the Seahawks. As long as it's if I like them in the game and it's under five from now on, I'm taking them. All right, no, no it's very fair. That's the only reason I didn't take it. I don't disagree with you though. Uh, by and Cardinals, good game. I think the Seahawks are a good pick. Right. My last bet is the Broncos plus nine and a half versus the Chiefs. The Chiefs had like a weird Monday night against the Bills, and they have to go Sunday, play the Broncos, which I don't think the Broncos win this game. But here's some things I found really interesting about this game. Um, home field advantage at Mile High Stadium. You know, I used to not believe in this stuff until I got here to Mexico City. Being in an elevation really fucking sucks. Like the first few days you do have a little bit of a headache. Number two, it's snowing in Denver. It's going to be 21 degrees and snowing according to forecasts. And for me, that just makes the game sloppy. A sloppy game means less points. Less points means harder to cover nine and a half. I'm taking the Broncos. The Chiefs win the game. But I think it's going to be a messy, sloppy, snowy, slushy game. And then, and then because I bet on them, the forecast probably will change. It'll be a sunny, nice, crisp fall day in, in Denver. You never know in Denver. It could be 80 degrees or snowy. Yeah. The, 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 the forecast after last night was snowy. So we'll see, I guess. Yeah. Um, remember, y'all, if you guys do want to bet, you can always go to betus.com, B E T U S.com, and use promo code the sports on tap, all one word, and you get your 100, 125% bonus. Um, remember, you guys can also follow us at Sont Betting, S O N T Betting on instagram and twitter if you ever want to see our bets right before the weekend starts we'll post them and we'll be posting betting stuff um and i have a bet actually coming up on one of my tweets here george all right do we get to our tweets of the day let's get to the tweets of the day i like saying it like the day today let's start with this all right george all right sam i actually saw this tweet of yours and I just don't get it. Well, the reason it's a t- tweet is we all hate on Mitch Trubisky, right? Lost his job. Yeah. If you go through some of their starts, Mitch Trubisky's been a better quarterback than even Baker Mayfield. Yeah, but what, what, why is rushing yards and rushing TDs on this? Like, shouldn't passing yards and passing TDs probably be the metric we want to look at it for a quarterback? I mean, sure, but their passer rating, he has a higher passer rating, less interceptions, higher completion percentage, higher win-loss, and they're just showing if there's any – like that's one of their very like other lopsided stats that even Mitch Trubisky's almost ran for 1,000 yards his career seven touchdowns Yeah, on top well, of uh, passing. I think both quarterbacks are being highly criticized too much now. You know, I don't like Baker Mayfield that much. I don't like Mitch Trubisky that much. But I think they're both highly criticized more than they should be. Yeah, I still think Baker's going to be pretty decent. Personal personal opinion. George? Uh, here's a picture of Carson Wentz starting O-line by week 17. I think it's like some from 1990s TV shows. Just a bunch of like <laughs> random white dudes. Yeah, that, their injuries are something else right now. Well, yeah, even Lane Johnson yesterday kept coming out of the game. I was like, really? Come on, give this guy one break. Yeah, I can't, I can't lie. It's, it's been pretty bad. Um, here's a bet that I thought was interesting, George. Somebody bet $100 last mm-hmm. night that Sterling Shepard would score a touchdown. Boston Scott would score a touchdown, which you got at the end there. Carson mm-hmm. Wentz would pass over 247 passing yards. Eagles on the money line and Carson Wentz scores the first touchdown. It was a wager of a hundred dollars to win forty six thousand. Wow. Well, here's the thing: and the one, like I, all of it would like okay, makes sense. Win the game, Boston Scott. Okay, Shepard, cool. Over yards, cool. But first touchdown rushing by Carson Wentz, like that, just put it over the top. I had the held. No, you- it wasn't rushing; just any first touchdown. 
No first touchdown score. Yeah, but it doesn't it could have been No, that score means you scored the touchdown. Uh, you just I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. It's true. I I 100%. It, the first score means you scored the touchdown. And you So were, people you, were like people were saying this is fake. It doesn't show it's active da da da. And then wow. We got to see it. And somebody replied to the tweet too. Uh, man, I wish I had it. The guy's tweet who tweeted it when the when it like his his actual tweet was like, "This is the last hundred dollars to my name. I hope I hope we win this one. Kids need to eat." Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But you know, at the end of the day, though, it, I mean, it could have been fake too. Like, right? You could actually Photoshop this after the game. You could. That's, that's true. Game. That's true, but. I hope it's real because that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome. This is me. So I, some guy named the Cabo, Cabo Cowboy, maybe he lives in Mexico and he's a Cowboy fan. So there's actually at Dallas Cowboy fans on this app, Twitter, who, who never got to experience the good life. My heart goes out to each and every one of you. And it's a picture of them at the White House of Bill Clinton in the Super Bowl trophy. And the Cowboys really are America's team, and they've just been bad. They haven't made the. It's been it's been a long time. They haven't even made the NFC Championship game since 1996 or 95. That's crazy. Eagles have moved into first place, Uh, and here's a little comic of them getting the gold medal, biting it, flicking off the crowd, spraying champagne, and they are on the seventh box at the bottom. Drinking the champagne while the Seahawks, Bears, Buccaneers, Packers, Cardinals, and Rams just look at them like, "What is? What's this idiot doing?" <laughs> this is a great tweet. This is awesome. That's really what it's like. This I found interesting. Pro, uh, pro football focus: Tom Brady on twenty park yard passes this year. He has fifteen big times, big time throws, which is first in the NFL, and zero turnover worthy plays, which means his. He can still throw the long ball. Unbelievable. 43 years old. It is. And I think Russell Wilson's second on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the tweets on the Seattle podcast. And that's, uh, I mean, that's a 43-year-old man against like a 30-year-old quarterback who's the best in the NFL. It's crazy. George, can you imagine this? Eagles win the NFC. Packers win the NFC North. So Bears get the fifth seed. Wild card. Bears at Eagles. Wild card weekend. Carson Wentz wins his first playoff game against Nick Foles or yeah. loses his first full playoff game. If it's against Nick Foles, he's going to shrivel, throw seven interceptions, and then I'll be like, oh, Nick Foles! If this happens, they're for sure losing to the Bears. Just because of life. That's how life works. George? Yeah. All right, so since we didn't bring up Tua being the starter on this, I thought I'd put in a Tua tweet. Fielder. Oh, thank you. I was showing you that. It was my next tweet. Uh, okay. Fielder, Heward, Lucas, Greasy, Healy, Rosenfels. I remember him. Gus Barat, Joey Harrington, Dante Culpepper. Remember Cleo Lemon? Trent Green. No. Beck, how I forget his first name, Pennington, Henny. I also I always believed in Chad Henny for some reason. Thick Pen, Moore, Tannehill, Cutler, Osweiler, Rosen, and Fitzpatrick. This is one very long list. Now we have two up. This is a long one, other than Fielder, Pennington, and Fitzy. Very bad. I would also say Tannehill was not bad. No, it wasn't too bad, but I mean it's that was more of, of an Adam Gase problem. That was more of an Adam Gase problem, but man. Those are the quarterbacks after uh, Dan Marino. So hopefully, uh, maybe the, maybe it's two a time. Maybe two a time will be a good time in South Beach. Well, well so wasn't Chad Pennington not that bad? That's what he said. Fielder Pennington and Fitzy. Oh, sorry. Okay, put some and respect on Penny Jake. Was, Penny was kind of cool. Yeah, and I, I would also like to put some respect on Jay Cutler's name, please. Thank you. Yeah, please. All right. I had to just bring this up because it's not we can't have a sports podcast without bringing up what Ryan Fitzpatrick said the other day. Yeah. Because you got to remember, this team's three and three, I believe, right? Yeah, they're they're right up there. They could be a playoff team, and that division is really good. I think the Bills are in first place at four and two. 
Can I tell you why they did this though? They don't want to make the playoffs this year. I think they, they do. don't. Want to win. I don't think they do. I think if they did, they would keep Fitzpatrick. They want to build their future. They'd rather lose games right now if Tua being average. But they would so like to make the playoffs still with two, if they could. That's not the point though. But if their number one goal was to make the playoffs, they would keep Fitzpatrick in. They're three and three. Their number one goal is to build Tua with this roster that's a good enough team to be in the playoffs. If they make it, that's great. But if they don't, they know that next year they're going to be in prime position to be a playoff team if Tua works out. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick said, I felt like it was my team, and that's why my heart was heavy yesterday. My heart just hurt all day. It was heartbreaking for me. As Ryan Fitzpatrick found out that he was benched for Tua. Yeah, I saw this. Really shitty. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, the, the, the Dolphins know you're not going to win a Super Bowl at, at, at any point in your life with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick probably doesn't know that or doesn't believe that, but I think anyone who watches football long enough knows that Ryan Fitzpatrick's ceiling is to be just good enough to go 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. That's the ceiling. Um, with Tua, you're hoping that one day you can win a Super Bowl, and that, that's why you got you bring in Tua. One day, not this year, obviously, but I'm just saying you want to build for that, like you said, the future and win a Super Bowl one day. And the sooner Tua gets some playing time, the sooner Tua gets comfortable, and the sooner you can maybe return to glory in South Beach. Still Which is not in South Beach, really. It's in the Fort Lauderdale Stadium, but you know my point. All right, last tweet. You can make the argument that Deshaun Jackson and Travis Fulgham is the best one-two wide receiver combo Carson Wentz has ever had. And then Deshaun Jackson got hurt. So Travis Fulgham, what do you think of that, Sam? What I think of that would mean that every everything everyone's saying is BS, that he has nothing for help. So, no, all I've heard is about how he's had no help in his yeah. career. So I'm going to assume that they are not the best combo he's ever had. That's what they're saying. They're saying he's not had help, and that's funny that Deshaun Jackson at his age and Travis Fulgham is the best one-two wide receiver combo. Oh, because he's had help. They won a Super Bowl when he got hurt. There's been yeah, good players. I, I, I agree with that, too. Like I, I think the, the team he had that was, what, 13-2 and two before he got injured and tore his ACL was the best team he's ever had. Like, not this, obviously. I mean, you could look at these tweets right here. Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith would like a word. Yeah. That's a better duo. <laughs> so no and I don't want to hear that this is the best he's ever had because all I hear when he loses is that he doesn't have anybody good so no alright fair enough um, <laughs> Fulgham is a good story I like his story you know he got cut from the uh, Detroit Lions practice squad yeah look at that little eagle down there what's up fly eagles fly for life Oh, I thought he meant four losses. Could be. I'm joking. George is a George is an Eagle fan. Don't don't take it too seriously. I'm not Eagle fan. I'm just like Carson Wentz. It's a fanboy. George is your favorite to me. Carson fanboy. I'm a Seattle Seahawks man, but I, I do like. The, I think I know why Sammy doesn't like the Eagles. By the way, I've already figured this out. And Carson Wentz. I actually don't mind the Eagles. I was very happy when they yeah, won the Super Bowl. Remember last year some Eagle fan wanted to fight you at a bar? That was like three years ago. I don't care about the Eagles. I have no problem with the Eagles at all. I actually like Philadelphia. I like the fan base. I just think Carson Wentz is the most heavily overhyped-up quarterback we've ever seen in the NFL. Literally ever. Because he, there's, he <laughs> the team won a Super Bowl without him. You know, if they didn't win a Super Bowl without them, people would like him a lot more. I think you're right about that, by the way. Yeah, and is the guy who won the Super Bowl that everyone sent out of town, and then they gave Carson Wentz $100 million. That guy is playing just as good as right now, too, and his team has a better record, which is just mind-blowing. Yeah. I, I don't think Nichols is better than Carson Wentz. I do not think I know. that. Yeah, I know. You're at least reasonable about this thing. You uh, are really. But it all, for some reason, Nick Foles is always on top. Yeah, no, I, you're reasonable at least, and I think last night you, 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 when Carson, when you saw Carson Wentz throw that, you felt happy for, for him. I said it was a great throw. That does you can make great throws in the clutch, but still be realistic that if Ingram didn't drop the ball, a wide Ooh. open catch, we're going to be talking about the Eagles and Carson Wentz once again disappointing and being one five and one. Yeah, but they're not. Like we also talk about, like when Russell Wilson makes a comeback. When we say "good job, Russell Wilson," we're not like, "Well, Minnesota kicked the field." Like, you know, just saying, like, it's, it's all. 
No, it's not. There's a difference. One team is five and zero. Oh, one team is one and four. And they, I'm just mm-hmm. saying, if you go one and four or two and four, you're still a bad football team. So yeah. like. I'm saying a bad football team won a little comeback off another bad football team dropping the ball. It's much different than Russell Wilson making a comeback after a bad game. Because Russell Wilson, everyone admits, was bad. But now, but like Carson Wentz has been bad for the season and had a, two games where he had comebacks, while Russell Wilson's been good all season and had one bad game. So it's a little bit of But they're both good quarterbacks, is my point. One of the great, great quarterbacks. I say, don't put them in the same sentence. <laughs> One's a great quarterback and one's a good quarterback. Yeah, one's an average quarterback. All right. Anyway, um, so yeah, tune into our Seattle podcast if you want our Seattle portion of this after. Um, Sammy, much love. I'm going to go five and zero oh this week. Probably not. I mean, I'm eighteen and eleven, and I have never gone five and zero. Oh, so you know, I have a feeling five and zero. Oh. Feeling okay. Well, there's not there's no chance you're losing the 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 Bengals bet. So five and zero. I'm gonna put a parlay. I never bet parlays. I'm betting a ten dollar five and zero parlay this week. All right, George. You should, you gotta get on my vibes. I'm eighteen and eleven because I just say we'll see what happens. Just guessing. I need to come back and get to five hundred somehow. I need a five and zero week somewhere in the season to crawl back into five hundred. Pretty hard. I know. I just need it. Much love, George. Happy Friday. Enjoy the weekend of sports. Enjoy the World Series as well. Uh, This is is the That Being Said podcast with the George Rule Brothers, brought to you by the Sports on Tap. Check us out. They say we're the best brothers in sports, and they also say this is the Sports on Tap, and this is Sports Radio. Redefined. Peace.